Salutations and shit, guys. How are yous? Welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where I have more of a discussion on the experience of travel as opposed to the destination. I happen to be your host, D. Carrie, and today I'm going to get to the three announcements that are the same announcements that I've had for probably the past two months or so. Um, hey guys, what's up to the Instagrams? I'm also live on Instagram, so hey, see y'all. Um, announcements, there's merch. So if you're watching on the YouTubes, you can see this ever so lovely, uh, phone case. There are t-shirts. I actually forgot I added a lot of shit. Um, and I didn't remember it until I got the update in my email that there are tracking numbers available for stuff that ordered for myself so there's a ton of different colors and t-shirts you got different options i added tank tops there are dad hats um there's a lot of shit so if you are so inclined head over to travelandshitpodcast.com or go to the travel and shit instagram and um check out the the link in the bio or if you're on the website go to where it says shop made it kind of easy for you uh, there is also a travel and shit mailing list. If you fuck with the kid, sign up. I'm still working on that giveaway for, um, and by working on, I've secured the giveaway. It's just, I haven't decided when I'm gonna give it away. It's a $50 gift card to jordansjungle.net. My, um, personal go-to for all things plants. I seem to buy shit and series of four I don't know why I order like four plants at a time so at this point I think I've got maybe 12 or 18 plants from them and only two of them are dead and that's by my own hand not theirs um so signing up for the mailing list will give you a shot at winning a $50 gift card to buying yourself some plants or plant accessories I personally have found so much joy in just taking care of my plants and um I would also appreciate if you guys would take the listener survey. You can get the link for that also on the Travel and Ship uh, website or the or one of my Instagram bios. Like it's it's all there. It's pretty easy to find me. Um, so this week, I feel like I jinx myself every time I say I'm gonna try to keep this short. But um, y'all, I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood, but. The show goes on and I've got quite the, uh, the bullets cause the kid is getting better at this whole preparing thing. And I have a, um, what do you call it? An outline, not just a list. It's an outline. So this week, earlier this week, I had a, a moment, if you will, and I don't ever really I don't want to say I don't do well with, but you know how people say, um, write a letter to your younger self or what would you tell your younger self? And for some reason, I have a difficult time connecting with um, younger me. If you can hear that, that's the garage under me opening. Don't know if it'll come through in the podcast, but I can absolutely hear it in my headphones. So you probably can, too. But you'll be fine. So one of the things I have a hard time doing is trying to talk to younger me. For some reason, it just don't make sense because like it's she's she's cool. 
and we're here now. But I always, always can come up with a million things to say if I direct that same energy to my younger cousins. I love all of my babies so fiercely. And to be my younger cousin, you don't even have to be a whole 12 years or nothing. Like I have some cousins that are a smidge older than me that I still consider little cousins <laughs> for a myriad of reasons. But um, yeah, I do well when it comes to trying to connect with the cousins in my life, both blood and adopted. So this episode is for you guys, okay? I've learned a lot from the different experiences that I have had while I've traveled. And this week is me pouring out my experiences to you. Not in a sense where um, learn, no, how's a better way to put it? Not in the essence of, um, you know, this is what happened to me, so it doesn't happen to you, but just nuggets, if you will. So I counted and I've got about nine. Some of them have a lot more detail than others, but again, I'm rambling. So, cause again, y'all, it's been a really, this retrograde, I'm over it, fucking over it. So point one, listen to yourself. Your intuition is an actual thing. It's not always a tangible thing. Um, It can be tangible in the sense that sometimes you can feel the mistakes that you make or you can feel the successes in life. However, your intuition in and of itself is that that little voice that everybody keeps telling you about. It's it's real. So. Okay, so if you've listened to the podcast before, you know, I'd sometimes do pauses because I like to be intentional with my words. So if you're watching me, you can see that I'm here. I just paused. But your intuition is 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 real. Yeah, it's real, guys. It's real. And it's something that you actually have to develop. And it'll serve you better if you're more aware of it before you need it. Okay, because when you need it (laughs) is when you don't want to really be working on honing it and getting better at learning from it. So I will say that you can learn from my experience and intake the idea of learning to listen to your intuition and how to discern your intuition from your fear. Now, I'm still working on that last part, trying to, you know, figure out the difference between the voice of fear telling me to do something or not to do something. And then my gut or my intuition or my inside voice telling me that I should do something or I shouldn't do something because it can go both ways. So a way to hone in on your intuition is to look for it in the small decisions that you make in your general life, right? So let's think of something like, I don't know, choosing your lunch. All right, let's keep this really simple. What does your gut say? And then try to dig a little deeper and ask it why it's saying that. So if you're given the option between, I don't know, fish sticks and lasagna, what is your what is your gut telling you? And no pun intended, you know, gut, food, see what I did there? 
listen to what it's saying to you. Is it saying, last time I had the fish sticks, I had a really rough time staying out of the bathroom? It sounds dumb, but trust me. Listen to the little voice. And when you think about how it guides you in your little decisions, you can better, you can much more easily identify it in larger decisions. So in deciding whether or not you actually want to do something with a friend in particular, right? If a friend invites you to an event, you're now running through all the scenarios that you've been through with a friend. You're thinking about the different scenarios this friend tells you about that they get themselves into when you're not included. And you're also thinking about the consequences about um, or surrounding what this actual event might be. So all of those little decisions, all those thoughts that go through your mind, the result of that, that's your intuition. Sometimes it's a really quick and like sharp kind of, ooh, bad idea. Pick that apart. Listen to it and find it in little things so that when the big things come around, you're better at figuring out whether or not you are making a wise decision. So absolutely listen to yourself. And another thing about listening to yourself is you want to start trying to decipher whether or not whether or not these are feelings you have or feelings that you think you have based on what you've kind of been taught, right? So is the, I guess you can say, idea of you what you think of yourself or is it what you think other people think of you? So if, let's say you're a captain of the cheerleading squad um, and everybody thinks that you are, I don't know, outgoing and uh, the turnip queen, right? So. Are you really outgoing? Do you find joy in being um, an extrovert? Is that something that you do because you want to or you do because you think you have to do or because you think everybody expects you to start the party? Start thinking through the decisions you make about yourself now. And this is especially for the little cousins that are in, um, I'd say like junior high. Let's start there because I feel like you really need to start about start thinking of these things much sooner. It's kind of like they wait until you're about 16, 17 and then expect that you want to do that. You know what you want to do with the rest of your life. I keep hitting the microphone. Sorry, y'all. They expect you to um, make a decision about where do you want to go to college? What what major do you want? Like what all of these big life decisions you're supposed to all of a sudden start thinking about at 16, 17 But if you'd started thinking about it when you were maybe nine, 12, it would have been a lot easier to make a definitive decision come, you know, 16, 17. So little things like that, guys, really try to pick apart what means something to you, why it means something to you. And if you find that something means something to you because, um, because of a reason that you didn't expect it to mean something, pick that apart. Let me just text Sha to. Um, so, hey to everybody that's on the live. All right, so let's see. Did I hit all those things? Yeah, I actually did. 
Oh, there was another one in here. Boom. Um, you can reverse engineering small decisions. What emotions led to your decision? That was a good one that I had to start doing. Um, if you pay attention, thank you. <laughs> if you pay attention to the emotion behind a decision, a lot of times you'll find that things start to make more sense, right? So hear me out. Sometimes you can't necessarily find the end-all be-all to something, right? But if you pull back one or two layers to where you start, some things will start to make more sense. So if you find that you are angry, I don't remember what it was that I was, I feel like I was watching something, some, some stupid shit also, like something that I didn't really expect to be. You'd be surprised where you find some real insightful um, nuggets, but it was probably still in the middle of Vampire Diaries, guys. I'm up to, I'm ready for them to be done. I'm at season five and I'm tired of their shit, but I keep coming back because I made it this far. I got to finish, right? I think they got like eight seasons. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it was either that or something, maybe like um, The Good Place, which was actually an excellent show. All that to be said, anger, if you dig, if you peel a layer away, is generally inspired by fear. So what are you afraid of? What is it that brings fear to mind that shows itself as anger. Like anger is like, there's a difference between emotions and feelings, right? So emotions, this ain't what my degree is in, by the way, I'm a comm major, basically liberal arts, get in, get out. So don't, don't take this shit as science. This is just me and my 30. Oh, damn. Almost 35. A little excited. Fun year. 35 years. And uh, dozens of plane rides and trips and beaches and mountains and experiences from experiencing myself in different experiences. More on that. So emotions, feelings. If you've, in my mind, emotions are how you express your feelings to the world, right? Emotions emote, they come out. Feelings, you can feel a ton of things and nobody has a clue what you're feeling because in my mind, a feeling is just what is inside. It has nothing to do with your emotions. You can emote happiness and really be feeling depressed. You can emote um, confidence and really be afraid of something. So feelings, emotions, right? So if you pick at your emotions, if you pick at what is outwardly showing itself and how you're reacting to something, you can often pinpoint what the actual feeling is. And the feeling is what you want to stick with. What makes you feel this way? So if you get, I'm thinking about an experience that I may have had, right? Being angry about spending $100 on a taxi. Okay, so that happened. I, was go, I went to Barcelona learning experience. I was angry that I had to spend $100 for the taxi from the airport to where I was staying. And I was angry 
because I felt incompetent. My experience showed me that I didn't prepare enough. I didn't do enough in advance to make sure that I had all the, um, all the dots connected, right? So I didn't call before I ended up uh, booking the trip to confirm that this hotel did have an active, not a trolley, um, you know, the shit, what's the thing I'm thinking of? Shuttle, an airport shuttle. When I chose the accommodations, I chose it based on them having an airport shuttle that would pick you up from the airport, drop you to the hotel, back and forth, certain hours. I made sure that my flight was going to be during regular business hours. I think I was arriving at like noon. Everything is going to run at noon, right? Wrong. They didn't have one. And so I was angry because I felt incompetent. I felt like I dropped the ball personally. So it wasn't that the $100 was unfair or that because it was like an hour long drive through traffic, whatever. So it wasn't that the act of having to pay for something is what pissed me off. I was pissed off because I didn't, um, I got myself in that situation. I only had to pay for it because I didn't do what I should have done to uh, avoid that charge, right? So my feeling of not doing the work or my feeling of lack of preparation or worry that this would then show itself in another area resulted in fear. That was my outward emotion. That was my expression. My expression was anger versus actually peeling apart and saying, hmm, fucked up on this one. Let me make sure everything else is going to fall in place, right? So many times if you pull back from what your emotions are, if you pull back from what your reaction to a situation is, you can figure out and pick out what in that situation is really the um, get to the root. Like my grandma would say, you get to the root, you go to the root and you'll figure out a lot more than you would if you stayed at the surface. So listen to your intuition, start working on your intuition, your intuition and learning to decipher your intuition from your fear by paying attention to how you feel in making small decisions so that when you have to make big decisions, you're better equipped to decide what the difference is. That's one. Second, be open and flexible to change. Nothing, I don't want to say nothing. So many things, so many things in life go wrong. It's as, as sure as the sun rises, there is something that's going to go wrong at any age. I feel like you guys know this, whether or not you are a nine year old cousin, whether or not you are a 19 or a 29 year old cousin, hell, you could be a 49 year old cousin. You know this, right? Stuff goes wrong. But when you are prepared for things to go wrong and not prepared in the sense that you have every tool in your little toolkit to fix it when it goes wrong, but that you are prepared and your mind is open to accept the possibility that you may need to change your plans. If you have um, a certain outfit lined up, right, you decide that these wedges um, 
the leather wedges are the ones to go because they go with every single outfit that you can coordinate from all 10 pieces in your suitcase, right? So you feel like you have successfully um, chosen the best way to pack light and to be resourceful and to be able to actually wear all the clothes that you bring, but you fuck up and bring leather shoes. If my daddy didn't teach me nothing is that you don't wear leather shoes in the rain. But guess what? That's the only pair of shoes that you packed. Figure it out. Be flexible to change. It's now raining in your destination. Do you fuck up your good leather shoes or do you find a cheap alternative? Do you then say, huh, the shoes that don't match anything actually match the one hat that I bought with myself. So you figure out a way to make the one, the pair of shoes that you didn't think you wanted to wear go with all the outfits that you didn't think that they would go with because you had an unexpected uh, experience or an unexpected wrench get thrown in the whole gear system of your trip. Even if it's not a trip, something as simple as you pick out a certain outfit and then you get to school and some bitch you don't like got the same outfit on. Figure it out. Tie your shirt up or roll your cuffs up or I don't know, add a sweater. You figure it out. But the thing is, If you get caught up in the fact that it's not going your way, you miss all the possibilities and all the opportunities to make it go better for you. Just because it doesn't happen the way you foresee it going doesn't mean that it is going to be a complete utter washout. There's going to be a tie in for so many different points coming up, but I'm not going to skip ahead. So let's see. Oh, here's an example that I put down. As much as I love being alone and as much as I enjoy solo travel and I thrive in the realm of of solo travel, right? I live alone. I do a lot of things by myself and it just works in my little paradigm of self that figured out alone, right? I'm open to group travel. Maybe 2022, late 2021. I could see myself going on a group trip. I will say, will I say hold me to it? Yeah, why not? It's kind of like somebody that, like, not somebody, an adult that says, I don't eat that. Why not? You're grown. Like, it's, there's nothing more ridiculous to me than an adult that says, I don't eat this or I don't do this or I don't go here if you've never gone there, tried it or done it. It's why not? It's one thing if I don't go to this neighborhood because I have beef with this person and I would like to keep my safety as my primary decision factor. That's one thing. But it's another thing where people say, oh, I don't eat escargot. I don't eat that. Well, have you tried it? So then how do you know you don't eat it? Are you allergic to it? That's a reasonable reason as to not eating something. But step outside of your comfort zone. You have to be open in order to give yourself the opportunity to experience all that the universe wants to give to you. Again. Another note on that, I'm trying not to hop ahead because that's what the fuck I did this outline for you guys for, okay? So there's going to be, I'll expound at a later point. So be open and flexible to change. Don't go into something thinking that 
there isn't um, isn't a way out if you look at it that way. It's kind of like when you go to um, what do you call those things? Um, sugar shit. Uh, the rooms where you have to like solve all this stuff. Escape room. It's like kind of like when you go to an escape room. There are like even though you have one clue in front of you, if you know the answer to something else that you see going on or if you figure something out else out, like it doesn't have to be linear. You know what I mean? You follow me here? You can find the route if you just solve the overall puzzle. You don't necessarily, there's no, there aren't numbers on the back of puzzle pieces, right? So you just have to open your mind to the bigger picture and then all the little pieces kind of come together, right? So be open and be flexible to change. Just because the piece right here in your hand doesn't fit doesn't mean it doesn't go someplace in there. You put that piece down, you pick up another piece, figure it the fuck out, right? But you have to be open to changing your mind. So next one, you are capable of more than you think. At some point in every single hike that I've taken, I've asked myself why the fuck I agreed to do it. Because at some point in everything that's difficult, you're going to question whether or not you're able to get it done. It's just human nature. And if you don't, more power to you. Again, my degree is communications. I don't claim to know the science to a lot of things. I don't claim to know the etymology of the words and all of that jazz. But I do know my experiences. And if you value my, uh, what do you call it? If you value my opinion on anything, it's kind of probably how you got here. So you are capable of more than you think. I've questioned every single hike, every single, oh my God. As many times as y'all have seen me jump into some water I promise you I'm scared every time I do it. I do quite a few things that I'm afraid of when I travel. And it's it'll kind of show itself, I guess, in the next two. Well, no, I'll talk about it here. So one of the things I'm afraid of is the unknown. That's like the overarching theme of my personal fears is the unknown, right? So I guess a microcosm of that is open water. I don't like open water because I don't know what the fuck is going on under the surface. I don't know what I'm putting myself um, at risk for. I don't know what's waiting for me down there. So the shit is scary to me. Open water petrifies me. But for some reason, I keep booking experiences that put me in open water. So there was the swimming with sea lions in fucking Peru. And by no means am I anybody's Olympic swimmer. I'm not even junior lifeguard status swimmer. Although I was an accredited junior lifeguard (laughs) at some point. That was back in junior high at a sleepaway camp. All you had to do was be able to, I think you had to be like a flying fish And you had to pass the CPR test. Like you had to do some bullshit written tests. So I've passed CPR. I actually, listen, it ain't that hard. I'm a good test taker. Okay. So somehow 
I was uh, a certified junior lifeguard who, believe it or not, ended up having to be saved in the water one year while I think I was maybe 12 or so. But ask me that story another day. I do a lot of shit that scares me. God willing, still here to tell you the story about it. I was afraid to jump off that cliff in Cuba into the ocean there, Um, but I did it. I was hella scared for weeks. Like my, my level of fear never went below a 10. Uh, with the swimming with the mantas, swimming with the stingrays or whatever. the man, I don't think mantas are stingrays. I think they just look like stingrays, but I'm pretty sure they're much bigger. Some shit like that. Fucking petrified, y'all. Terrified. But I showed up. I showed up. And we weren't able to, I guess, anchor at the the space where the mantas were supposed to be because the water was too choppy or whatever. But I went on the trip and I jumped my ass in that water. And I loved it. I had one of the best uh, snorkeling experiences that I had there. Also when snorkeling for the Cuba was, excuse me, and I've said this numerous times, Cuba was, that one day in Cuba was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of firsts for me. I did probably more than 10 things that I'd never done before in one day. So that day was incredible. But I was never not afraid to do any of the things that I was afraid of doing. Does that make sense? It wasn't that my fear lessened. It's just that my intuition which I told you about before, told me that the experience was going to be greater than the fear, right? That whole life is outside of your comfort zone and growth is outside your comfort zone. Whatever variation of that quote you want to go with, do it. But ultimately, the shit is true. Like there's so much to experience outside of the parameters of your fear. Your fear will keep you in the smallest of boxes. Not even a cute box. You know what I mean? It's not even like a box that's fun. There's so much to experience if you step outside of it, right? Again, listening and sharpening your intuition. And then back to, what was it? Maybe point, I don't fucking know. It was two or three, right? But why are you afraid? When you pull back some of those layers, I remember one of the first times I was really, really scared when I was traveling was in the airport waiting to go to Casablanca. And I was scared because I'd never been that far. There's nobody coming to help you. There's nobody coming to get you. There's no one coming. There's nobody Throwing you an alley-oop should something go wrong. So this was like the first time I'd lived on my own. I'd gone away to college, but I went away to college maybe like 20 minutes from my house and lived on campus. Something went wrong. I went the fuck home. I went home and did my laundry. You know what I mean? I kept the same job. I had the same friends. So this was the first time 
that I was ever going to be in a situation where I didn't have my safety net. I couldn't grab my parents. I couldn't grab my grandparents. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have my big cousins. I had nobody. I would be totally by myself and on my own to figure everything out. So that was the first time that I was petrified, like straight terrified, right? But guess what? Nigga kept going, kept traveling, went on the trip, had a bomb ass time. I ended up doing, uh, where did I go? I think it was Casablanca, then Thailand, I think. I don't know. Like the, I do a lot of layover trips and then the, uh, the end destination, like the layover trip will be like the shorter destination. No, Qatar was before Thailand. I don't know where I ended up after Casablanca, but that was another experience in listening to my intuition because I made quite a few questionable decisions on that trip. But it's a matter of listening to what your, I don't want to say your mind or your body is, but listening to what yourself is telling you you're afraid of, right? Are you afraid of the experience or are you afraid of a result that may come of your experience? And where in that fear do you have the space to make another decision should something go wrong? And that kind of leads me to, um, one of the future points. Well, I mean, they all kind of come together. I just follow through, right? So, which one was it? Oh, so you're essentially you're you are capable of more than you think, um, and you're always capable. Not necessarily successful, but you're capable. Don't really make sense, but trust me on it. Success doesn't look the same in every experience, right? Just because your outcome doesn't look the way you think it should look, just because your outcome doesn't bear the fruit that you planted the shit for, doesn't mean you weren't successful. And that kind of leads to um, another point, but... Your success, your, how can I put it, your ability to learn from all of your experiences only adds to the the breadth of knowledge, the breadth of information that you'll possess. And the more information that you have, the better able you are to make more decisions, right? And the better space you are to decide what is best for you. And that kind of goes back to being open-minded. When you are available to alternate, not necessarily, well, not, not necessarily realities, but when you're available to things just being different or things just not looking like what you think they should you give yourself the space to experience so much more. So let's see. Be present. You would be surprised how much you can learn by just slowing down and taking in what's right in front of you. 
in that very moment that you're in. One of the things that I have mentioned a million times on the show is to be intentional about the experiences and to be intentional about how you experience yourself in the new environment. And that doesn't have to be limited to just travel, right? So you make new friends, you start dating somebody new, or even something as um, dumb as, not dumb, but also look at the relationships that you've had in your life for all of your life, like the friends that you've always had, uh, your family members, even stuff as, I guess, I don't want to say minuscule because they're like big relationships, but your siblings, right? They've always been your siblings, but you're not nine anymore. You're not 15 anymore. How you experience your siblings as an adult is different than how you experience them as a child. And if you are present in every moment, you can better pick up on the the minutia of life, right? There's so much, like they say, the devil is in the details, but so is the beauty. The beauty is also in the details. You can find so much out about yourself if you look at some of the things that you pay attention to. What are the things that are important to you? What do you give importance to in your own life? And consider that it doesn't have to be that way. If you put a lot of effort into your job and you hate your job, you don't have to quit your job to not put that same level of importance to your job. You just shift where it falls in the continuum. Like it just doesn't have to be that important to you. You still show up, do what you need to do to collect your check, but it doesn't have to be um, the end all be all to things. When you are doing, like when you're, when I travel, what I try to do is remind myself that even though I may have needed a break from my life, air quotes here, that I might, I may have needed some type of break from whatever was stressing me out or whatever was, um, you know, just distracting me from whatever. Like you need a break from certain things, right? That problem isn't going anywhere. A vacation is not going to solve it. And that's why I stopped really feeling like I was ever going on vacation, if you will, because you bring all your shit with you. You never leave anything behind. You just get to experience it from a different perspective. Whether or not that perspective is a different country, whether it is just a different setting, whether like if you leave the city and then you go to a rural environment, whether you go from working your public service job or working in a cubicle alone by yourself, however you transition, whether it be to a crowded household or a quiet household you get to experience how you are present in each of those different environments and what each of those environments 
do or add or subtract from you? Where do you find that you are the most comfortable? Where do you find that you're the most at peace? Where do you find that you make your best decisions? Where do you find that you find the the most joy? Where do you find that you're able to make decisions much more quickly? I'm an indecisive person. It takes me forever to make a decision, right? It just was, it is what it is. That's just who I am. And for me, that's who I am because I tend to be fearful that I will make the wrong decision. But one of the things that I found is that if you give yourself space to make the wrong decision, guess what? You can fix it, right? So that is, was it? Yeah, that was another point. So I skipped ahead like a few. But be present in the morning, in, in the morning, in the moment, which can be the morning, the afternoon, the evening, at every time of the day. Just be present in how you're feeling wherever you are. How do you feel at school? Why do you feel the way that you feel? Is it that? Um, and then a lot of times when you pick those things apart, you'll find the, the, that you can actively change a lot of the things that make you unhappy. So you may think that you hate school, right? I always hated school, but I love learning. Go figure. If that so happens to be your battle right now, consider how you knowing that Because you're present in the moment. It's not that this subject matter bores me. It's that how you're telling me about it is boring me. Or the focus of the lesson that's boring me. Be present in what you are experiencing. Because it gives you a lot more insight into yourself and how you can better change things and find the positive or joy in a lot of different situations. So, and that kind of goes back to um, one of the previous ones, which was um, being open and flexible to change. Just because something doesn't work out doesn't mean that it just always has to not work out. If you're open to change or if you're open to flexibility, you find another route. Like if um, when there's traffic one way or there's construction one way ways will find a way to get you there there's a million and 17 different ways to get into manhattan if you can't go one way you go you find another way there's a million different routes to get to your destination and you might even find that along your journey you like something better than what you thought was going to be the um the ultimate output right like you think that arriving at X location is going to be the fun part. But if you're present in the moment, you also get to enjoy that whole trip. Like you get to enjoy the journey there. It's kind of like when you're on your way to um, a destination and you take in the people that are on the plane. You make friends. I am not exactly that friendly person on the plane. I think I've only made friends with one person that I've sat next to on a plane. Um, But if you're open to being present in the moment, 
I find that you'll find so many different opportunities for joy. And you'll also start to learn more about yourself. And I find that I regret less when I'm very present in the moment. I don't have as many shoulda, coulda, wouldas, right? Because I honor what my spirit tells me I should be doing in that moment. So when I got to Thailand, I, that was the first time I experienced jet lag because that was the furthest I'd been. I'd stopped in Qatar for two days, maybe like two, three days. I think I was there for three nights and two days or something like that. I don't know, but it was not very long, but then not very short either. But by the time I got to Thailand, I slept for like a day and a half straight. I remember waking, I got there in the evening. I woke up during the day went back to sleep, woke up at night, went back to sleep. Like I slept. And I remember waking up the first time and it was raining outside. And I said, I'll get up and do it tomorrow because I wanted to go to uh, Fifi Island, right? That's where they did uh, the beach or some shit like that. It's one of those really touristy places in um, Thailand. I was in Phuket. So the next day, Or the day after the next day, I don't know, I slept hard and long. But whenever I finally woke up, I went down to the little, because I'd stayed at a hotel at this trip. When I got to the little tour desk or whatever, where you sign up for different um, activities that they provide uh, transportation to and shit like that, the lady was telling me, oh, there's no, it's like, it's too late or it's like, you can't get to Fifi because of the weather or some shit like that. I would, if I were to do it, I'd have to find my own way there, but the tour thing wasn't going to go. But I found a couple of different options to get there. But at that point, it was just like, is it worth it? Right. And it turns out that the woman said that the day before would have been the best day because although it was raining here, it wasn't raining there. And initially, I was pissed. I was so upset because I'd missed out on something that I was looking forward to doing while I was there. And it turns out that the beach that was near me was absolute trash. So I started to regret it even more. But I missed the opportunity to be present. I wasn't open to change and I was not present in the moment. There were a dozen other things that I could have done. But in that experience, I let myself get frustrated about not getting my way, about regretting the fact that I had slept through the day, even though that's what my body needed. So if I had just taken more time to just kind of say, okay, one, respond. You can react. You can't do what you want. So what are your other options? And been present to what was in front of me as opposed to the lack of availability to what I wanted, I would have gotten much further in that particular moment. So what I'm saying to you is take the time to see what's right in front of you because many times you don't get the opportunity to see it again. But then that also leads to that whole 
FOMO, like the fear of missing out thing. So you end up doing so much. You do this and you do that. I tend to do the most when I travel. I'm always going from, uh, like, I never really travel for longer than a week. It'll always be either a weekend to a weekend or a weekend to the week that whatever I perfect, perfect scenario. I find a flight that leaves the Friday after I get out of work and I don't come back until Saturday, the next Saturday morning. Cause I always like a day to just figure shit out before I go back to work. But all that being said, if you take the time to stop and reflect, hi ma. If you take the time to stop and reflect on, let me turn the sheet up. If you take the time to stop and reflect on what is going on in the current moment and what your spirit is telling you, you will never miss an opportunity that is for you. And there's so much happening. You'd be surprised how much is happening right here. And by here, I mean, like, within your line of sight. It, sometimes you get so caught up on what the future is or you get so caught up on what potential is out there that you miss what's right in front of you. So absolutely, absolutely be present. How do you feel? Now that you're in this new space, revisit the things that are troubling you about your everyday life, right? whether it's your job, now that you're not at your desk or now that you're not um, at your workspace or whatever, you have an entirely different set of surroundings to not necessarily distract you, but to, I guess, inspire or influence whatever types of thoughts and um feelings may come to mind about that experience, right? So low-key hate my job. I don't like using the word hate, don't like the shit, don't intend to stay, working on my way out, right? But while I am traveling, it is a very smooth reminder that I'm still getting paid. As much as I don't like my job, my job affords me the opportunity to travel because the niggas pay me and I get paid time off. And this isn't about there are plenty of people who would love to be in your situation and there are plenty of people who would love to have your job. Right. There are. That's great. But guess what? I'm not them. And my experience gets to matter. So it's not that. You, unless that's your thing, if that's what gets you through it, by all means, cling on to what works for you. That doesn't work for me. What does work for me is, okay, so I don't like that, but look at where I am now. That's not incentive to stay there, but it's incentive to say, what other ways can I find to make this, this travel, happen the way this job makes it happen so uh it's kind of like they say um beer goggles right when you're drunk everybody looks good when you're happy things tend to look different you can see the benefit in a lot of things so you're able to it's 
kind of like a bird's eye, like when you have a, what do you call it? Not the hovercraft, Jesus, um, drone. Like if you're operating a drone, now all of a sudden you got, you've got that bird's eye view. You see where the traffic is so you can see a different um, route that you can take. When you are present in the moment, when you are looking at all the, uh, the, the potentials, all the possibilities and the options in front of you, you're better able to choose what works best for you. So if you take um, time to pay attention to how you're feeling in the moment and what's in, and then also another thing that kind of goes in line with that is you don't have to take a picture of everything. There was a time when there weren't phone cameras on our phone, y'all. Okay, picture that. There was a time when you only had one camera on your phone and it wasn't that great. So some of us are a little bit better at envisioning our lives without cell phones and without cameras and without, um, you know, there was a time when you had to take the picture and I don't know what you call it, but like you fast forward or whatever, like you, you move the, the film, right? Those of us that remember disposable cameras and cameras that you had to develop the film and then you'd have to drop off the film and wait for them to be developed. And then, you know, if you were fancy, you put the matte finish on it or like that, or you do the glossy finish, whatever. That was, that was my little kick. I used to feel extra special because I would matte finish my pictures, right? But all that being said, you don't have to take a picture of everything. Do your best to experience your experience in yourself. How do you feel in this moment? How does um, this space make you feel? Like, if you think back, right, to one of your favorite travel memories or one of your favorite travel photos, what do you remember about that experience? Fair question for anybody. Think of your favorite travel photo. This is me pausing for you to think of it. If you need to pause, pause. But your favorite travel photo, what do you remember about that experience? Really, what do you remember about it? Do you remember how you felt? Do you remember what the temperature was? Do you remember what the ground felt like under your feet? Was there a breeze? Were there birds? Were there people talking around you? Right? What about the experience do you remember? How did that experience make you feel? What feelings did experiencing that elicit? Think about it. There are some pictures that you can think of that may not be your favorite picture, but you remember exactly how you felt in the moment. Was it after? Um, and the picture that keeps coming to mind right now for me is. The picture I'd taken in, where the fuck was it? It was Bali because we'd just done a sunrise hike. The hike wasn't at sunrise, y'all. The hike was at night. So you hike in the forest, the jungle. I don't know if it was a forest or a jungle. I want to say it was a forest. But your hike, we hiked up a, I think it was an active, vol- yeah, it was an active volcano because there was all the steam and stuff when we got to the top. You did it all in the dark. I questioned 
numerous times why I agreed to that shit and paid for it at that. It's not like sometimes like when I go on hikes with Sarita and Vasquez, we, I always bitch and moan maybe half the way up and question whether this is a moderate or difficult hike that they got me to do. But when I'm traveling, I pay for all of this. You know what I mean? Like you do as much of a review, check the reviews as much as you can. And then somehow you're in the middle of something that is a lot easier than it says that it is, or it's a lot more fucking difficult than it said that it is. But all that being said, the one hike that I'm think like, and it's a picture and it's just like, it's not even like a great picture. It's just a picture and I'm smiling and I remember feeling so fucking accomplished because once you get, after we got down and we got closer to where we had uh, parked the car, because mind you, it was like an hour and a half or something drive from Ubud. But when we were walking back to the car to look back and to see how far the top was, how far the top was, I will never forget how accomplished I felt because I did that shit in the fucking dark, someplace I'd never been with a bunch of like, 20 somethings and listen I may look great I may look like I'm in shape it's all a fucking facade y'all like my knees are a full 30 something okay and small doesn't always mean you're in shape that's one thing people tend to uh misgage so I won't say that I'm far from shape but I ain't exactly what would be great shape. Um, I'm not the the pinnacle of shape, if you will. I'm about a, huh, I won't die before the average person. I'd give myself, if here's average, I'd say um, right here. <laughs> I'm like uh, an okay emohi above average. But all that being said. I will never forget how accomplished I felt. And it wasn't even a bomb picture. It wasn't. So I challenge you to think of what one of your favorite travel photos is. And if you can remember how you felt. And then think about a photo that you took in passing. Or a photo that you didn't rush to post. Or a photo that, you know, you can't necessarily say is all of that aesthetically pleasing but reminds you of how you felt right so that's my little challenge to you so next point the universe is intentional the universe is intentional I truly believe in an intentional universe everything happens for a reason and for our greater good I do not believe that things happen in life for us to be anything less than better. It don't always feel like it. It absolutely doesn't always feel like it. And when I tell y'all this has been a week, it's been a week. But guess what? Intentional. Intentional. Like, there is a reason, right? Like, the whole, um, what's something that you consider? You study, 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 study study to become 
a chef is coming to mind, right? And, oh, no, let's think of um, Uncorked, right? If you guys have seen the, um, the Netflix movie, it was actually a very good movie. I enjoyed it. So, old boy was stressed. It seemed like there were so many obstacles in place that were keeping him from being, um, I forgot what the word is. But there were so many obstacles in place, right? But without a spoiler, you can see how those obstacles played their part in, um, you know, revealing whether or not this is something that he really wanted, right? So it's kind of like, Well, let me just read what I have here. What did I say? The universe is intentional. Everything happens for a reason. Oh, it's much easier to see those reasons when you're being present in what the moment is giving you. See how I tied it back to a previous one. So everything is happening. If you just believe that everything is happening for your great, like what is the point in it not being something to make your life better? This is another pause. For you to consider it, right? What would be the point in things happening just for um, bad things? For ex- oh, another example coming to mind. Pretty certain most of you have never seen it. However, Dead Like Me, really good uh, series that was... I want to say early 2000s, right? Maybe 2000. I want to say 2000, between 2003, 2007, because I feel like I was graduating from something. I don't know if I was graduating from high school or if I was graduating from college. Um, Jasmine Guy was in it, and she's the only notable person. Um, Oh, and that guy, Manny something, he was in it. But um, great show. There are these little creatures. The premise of the show is they're all Grim Reapers and their job is to um, take people's souls so that they don't suffer during their horrific death because they're Reapers for um, accidents and like catastrophes and murders. And that's their purview, I guess you can say. That's their expertise. That's the those are the types of souls that they're reaping. Trust me. Follow. Right. So. I don't know what the things are called, but it's like, um, I guess they're kind of like gremlins or something. And the little gremlins are the ones that put things into motion that will in turn cause the person's death. Now, if you stop the little gremlin thing, the person won't die at that moment. But that doesn't mean that like they're never going to die. Right. And you kind of just throw off the whole um the whole schism of what everything is supposed to be, and it does more harm than good. It's kind of like butterfly effect, right? All that being said, just because something bad happens doesn't mean that it wasn't for a reason. It was for the higher good. That bad happened so that somebody could just, and this is probably actually in hindsight a terrible example. I don't always have good examples, (laughs) Sometimes I fuck up the example scheme, but I feel like I've had more successes and good, good examples than I've had failures. But the point in that is just because the bad thing happened, it's kind of, you gotta, you gotta be into the show to see why it's a good thing because the people have to die, right? We all have to die. I'm gonna die. You're going to die. We're all going to die at some point. 
that being said, I refuse to believe that there isn't a reason for everything. And even though something may happen in the negative sense, doesn't mean that it isn't for the greater good. Again, if you're present in the moment, you can, I don't want to say discern those things differently, but some things are a lot harder to find the good in. Let's be clear about that. It's a lot harder to find the good in it while you're going through it. Let's also be clear about that. That doesn't mean that it doesn't have to happen. And that doesn't mean that there may not be a result from said experience that won't benefit you. You may not feel or experience it in the moment. It may be a long time from when you initially experience what seems to be traumatic before you can see how it was designed to serve you for the better. But everything for a reason. It's kind of like each of your decisions has a consequence, right? But consider that that doesn't have to be bad. Consequences aren't always bad. The consequence of brushing your teeth is you keep your teeth, you know? The consequence of showering is you don't smell. The consequence of ironing your clothes is they look better. So consequences don't always have to be bad things. But if you absolutely just hold on to the fact that the universe is intentional, there is a reason and design behind it. And not in the sense that, um, you know, free will comes into play and that, is there, do you believe in destiny versus choice? And that I'm, wasn't going there. But that everything happens for a reason. And even though you may not, not understand why it's happening, if you can just step outside of why things can possibly be going bad, you can... Center yourself, calm yourself, and move forward. Because I find that when I'm going through it, when I take myself out of, it's kind of like um, a dual way to be present in the moment, right? Because presently in that moment, you're fucking miserable. You are. But in that moment, you still are. And if you can find... I don't want to say the joy, but if you can find the hope in that you have the potential for anything, just the idea of potential, that there is more, that there just is, because not even that there is more, but that there is. Sometimes you have to reach for fucking straws, guys, but you get the straws and you do with them as you see fit. Drink or don't drink, reach for fucking straws. You can often get or find your way out 
of what isn't necessarily a space that you want to stay in. So I say all that to say that there's a reason for everything. You may not always understand the reason. You may not always like the reason, but everything happens to get you to where you're supposed to be. It gives you the decisions that you're going to have to make. It gives you the choices that you're going to make decisions. Um, it gives you the, I guess, the not the, the clay that you're going to have to design, to build with. Where, I know I wasn't reading something. I don't know where the fuck it came from, but it's the, the idea of being the clay versus the sculptor, right? Your life doesn't have to be clay sculpted by somebody else. You get to be the sculptor. You get to sculpt your life. Your life is the clay and you're the sculptor, not necessarily the inverse, right? Because when you're the clay, the universe sculpting you kind of just seems like you have no control over anything. But if you look at the universe as the clay and you're the sculptor, you get to design your world. You get to design your life the way you see fit for you. So next point. You don't need all the answers at once. Hold on to that. You don't need all the answers at once. And it kind of falls in line with the universe being intentional and being open and flexible to change. It's kind of like having the answer key, but not having a test. The answers are useless if you have nothing to apply them to. So you don't have to have all the fucking answers, guys. You just have to be open to the idea of taking the test. Show up. That's it. If you get to a destination and you don't speak the language, there's an app for that. A smile goes a long way. Smiles are universal. I promise you. I promise you. Smiles are universal. You don't have to have the answer for every problem or every question that falls in your lap. You get to just kind of go with the flow. Sometimes, not sometimes, that kind of goes back and back to just being present. You don't have to be able to think 20 points down the line. Like you don't always have to see the, um, the end game. You don't always have to see the end to, you know, really be present and enjoying what's right in front of you. So answers without the test do nothing for you. And having a test in front of you, but not engaging with the test, like not even trying doesn't get you anywhere either. It just gets you in front of a test. Then what? So I'm going to skip this one and go to the next point. And then go back. A bad decision is still a decision. A bad decision is still a decision. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a wrong decision. You can recover from a bad decision sometimes. I can't tell you when those times are going to be. But the majority of the time, I have learned from bad choices that I've made myself, generally, you can recover. And that's something that I'm still working on. 
And it's one of those things where, what did I put? If you can recover from a choice, be less afraid, be less afraid to make it. What's the worst that can happen? You lose money, you lose time. The bigger question is, are you safe? Do you have space to make another decision if things go wrong? I'm going to read that again. A bad decision is still a decision and not necessarily wrong. You can recover from a bad decision. If you can recover from a choice, be less afraid to make it. What's the worst that can happen? Do you lose money? Do you lose time? Are you safe? Do you have the space? to make another decision if things go wrong. So that's kind of a little narrative that I go through when I'm being extra indecisive. So touched on that, I have a hard time making decisions because generally I am afraid of making the wrong decision. And there's nothing really wrong with that. However, I've seen by being present in the moment and open to change, and flexible to change, that not making a decision is still a decision. I am choosing not to experience. When I come to the crossroads and it's a matter of, do I book this accommodation or that accommodation? What I tend to do is worry about um, what are the, I guess you could say the cost benefits. Like if I stay here, what can't I do that I can do here? Does that make sense? It's kind of like if you decide on one school, what do you lose out by choosing this one over that one? Do you not have um, the same party experience by choosing this school? Um, or do you not get to see your friends and family by choosing this school? But there's, you know, uh, what is it? Cost benefit analysis or whatever. You You get to see what your different options are. But guess what? If you make the wrong choice, you get to make another choice, God willing, right? So just because you make a choice doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be the end-all, be-all. All right, so if I choose to go to an event, instead of spending three hours stressed out over whether or not I should go, someplace, right? If I should go to event R, let's just call it event R right up here. I can spend three hours stressing about, all right, well, if I don't go, I don't get to meet this person. And I said that I would go and support that person. So as opposed to spending all of this time and stress worrying about what could or couldn't happen by me attending this event, guess what I have the opportunity to do? Leave the event. I can go, feel it out, and see how the fuck it goes. If you don't like it, leave. What have I lost? Possibly time. Well, obviously time. Possibly money. I've blown $20 on dumber things, right? So if you can lose the money that you would have spent on something, Or if you can, like, you can never get back time, but if the use of that time doesn't cost you your safety or, you know, cost you something that you have a harder time replacing, what the fuck? Go for it, right? So 
a lot of times I get caught up on whether, you know what, even better example. Uh, Cuba, when I did the cliff diving, right? The first, like when I tell, it was just like a physical wall. The fear was the physical wall. Like you see two, three other people do it before you, right? And you're like, okay, so I'm not going to die. I'm not, but I'm still, it's like, I can't get pat. It's like you, uh, I can't do it. I can't jump. Mm, You try to jump in the rope or you try to, and you just like, you're still afraid. So me personally, just got to keep reminding yourself, okay, I'm not going to die. What are like, what, what could go wrong? There are people there in the water so that if for some, like you're not going to just stay underwater. Like they're going to see you jumping. They're going, they see where you jump, you go into the water and God forbid you don't come back up. There's somebody there to come get you. Um, you're not sliding down the rocks. Like there, you find all the different ways that you can make the best choice at hand and just fucking do it. It's like, all right, so what's the worst that can happen? You have a good time? Or you don't have a good time. Guess what? You don't have to do it again should something not go the way that you want to do it. So outside of, and this brings me to the point that I skipped and I'll go back to right now is give in to reasonable fear. There's so much life to experience. If you give in to reasonable fear, and by reasonable, I mean, will you die or will you suffer greatly? Will you suffer in a sense that you can't make another decision from and that's why I'm glad that I started with a bad decision is still a decision most choices you make you can choose your way out of right so if you decide to go to a party and a fight breaks out at the party then there's another uh, I guess you could say uh, handful of choices that you got to make right you then are put into position to make more choices. So you make the decision to stay and help your friend or leave. All right, so you stay and help your friend. Do you fight or do you pull your friend out? All right, so you pull your friend out. Now that your friend is pulled out, do you calm them down or do you hype them up? All right, so you calm them down. You calm them down. Now do you stay or do you go? All right, so you decided to go. Like each choice that you make leads you into the position to make even more choices. So. Right there, that's the win. That's the win. You get to make more choices. And the difference in reasonable fear and unreasonable fear is the ability to make more choices should it go wrong. So sometimes you realize that you're being irrational with your fear. And sometimes you realize that your fear is real, but it can be Put in the backseat. Your fear can go in your pocket. You don't have to use your fear as an, um, not an impetus, but you don't have to use your fear as a reason not to do something. You don't have to, you can, right? You absolutely can. I am afraid of spiders, so I don't touch spiders. My reason for not touching spiders is because I'm afraid of them, period. We ain't getting out of that. We're not getting around that. But, my fear of open water 
hasn't stopped me from doing a lot of open water stuff because I realized that there is still space for me to be safe within that fear. Is there space for me to be safe in holding a spider? Yes. Should the right opportunity present itself? I'm not looking for those opportunities. However, there is space. So sometimes you just really got to give in to reasonable fear. And then again, fear is like those layers that you got to pull back on. Why are you afraid of this thing? Are you afraid of it for a reason that'll keep you alive or a reason that you think is going to keep you alive? Those are things like I can't answer all those questions for you. This is just like food for thought, if you will. A lot of the things that you think you're afraid of, you're not afraid of. You're often afraid of the consequences of what your fear is. And if you can find different ways for that fear to play itself out, if you can find different ways that this situation can go, you often can find a reason why you shouldn't be afraid of something. So with those things or some of the things that you're afraid of, when it comes to making decisions, If you can decide your way out of it, or if it isn't going to put you at an insurmountable level of risk, or if it's not something that'll really fucking kill you, fucking try it. You know what I mean? You you have to really, again, goes in line with listening to your intuition and really building the ability to discern your intuition from your fear you are able to recoup from decisions. Not every consequence is a bad consequence. If it's a a choice that you can choose your way out of, give it a fucking shot. Give it a shot. And for my final point, my final point is that your choice is a privilege. And that kind of tied in very nicely. Your choice is a privilege. Exercise it when you have it. There are so many different possibilities that you could find yourself in. So many different situations that you can find yourself in the middle of where you have limited choices. I would, dare I say you always have a choice. You always, you do always have a choice for the most part. But the choice in options, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Choice, yeah, choices. But mm, no, I think I'll stick with choice as a privilege because there are certain situations where what you're choosing isn't really a choice. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, all right, so do I eat something I don't want or do I just not eat? You feel me? It's like, okay, so do I eat chicken or do I eat steak? That choice is a privilege. Options. So I guess a better way of putting it is that options are a privilege. And to back up what I was saying, when you have options, you have more choices. And I guess that's why I was sticking with choices of privilege. But either way, you get to choose. You get to choose. You are the sculptor. You're not the clay. You get to decide how it all comes together. You have the power of choice. And until you don't have a choice, 
Sometimes you don't really see the privilege that is in that choice. You don't see the privilege in options. When you choose a phone, you get to choose which one you want. You either stay with the one you have or then you've got like a billion different fucking options for you to upgrade to. Um, you decide to accessorize. You decide to color your hair or not color your hair. Some things are like those are superficial, right? But think of all the superficial things that come across our paths, like the superficial things that we stress out over, right? Oh, this outfit isn't what I wanted. Or something as simple as, damn, I have our event that I'm contemplating going to or that I don't really want to go to, but I can find all these reasons why it's a good uh, reason to go and all these reasons why it's a bad reason to go. If I do go, I don't have a fucking outfit. So you've got the choice to buy a new outfit or you can throw something together from what's in your closet. You got choices. And it's kind of one of those things where I feel like my grandma would say to me, you know, my grandma's good for, what do you call it? Sometimes we have to put holes in the, um, you know, the tins that you bake like macaroni and cheese in, the disposable ones. My grandma will save them like she will wash them out and save them. And so. Spoiler, Graham, I put holes in them so that you cannot save them so that we can just throw them out. And but her whole point is. It's a luxury, right? My grandparents didn't always have that luxury because they were poor. Their life, not mine. So I understand what she means or I understand the um, the desire to reuse things. I, I understand, you know, um, not letting go of something that can be reused. But in that is a choice to make space for something new, is to make space for convenience. The convenience, and mind you, she buys them at Costco, like the, the tin. So they come in, what, like 25 in a pack or something like that? So there's a million of them in the thing, and she really wants to hold on to one. But this isn't me judging my ground. This isn't me being judging a little, but not the point. It's choice, options. My grandma chooses to reuse them. I don't. And I understand how not having can make you want to hold on to things. It can make you want to save things and reuse things. And it's not always a bad thing. It's not always a bad thing. However, you have that choice as to whether or not you want to reuse it or if you want to make space for the new. But that choice to reuse it, that choice to throw it out is there. Her point, my grandma's point was she didn't always have a choice. There wasn't always a choice. They had to have a, you know, like a regular pan that like, you know, the, the Pyrex or the glass or those uh, ceramic pans, uh, not pans, but I guess dishes that you bake stuff in. There was a time when you didn't have disposable trays that you can just use and throw out right so my grandma didn't always have the choice so I get it she's used to washing the shit out and using it again but now there is the choice and in that choice 
comes privilege. There is power in that privilege, and there's power in a lot of privilege. But for this episode, we're just talking about the privilege of choice. I was thinking a whole, whole bunch of other things we don't have choices about. But when you have the choice, use that privilege and make a decision because even though it may be a bad decision, you can often decide your way out of it. All right, so in an attempt to not be here till next episode, we can dead it there. Um, I hope it was useful for you. I hope you found something in there that you can, um, I don't know, I guess not just useful, but is, um, gives you a reason to grow from, you know, I always hope that my ramblings And my musings are not just entertainment, but a good reason for discourse, whether it be with yourself or with your friends or with your family or whomever you decide to um, spark the topic with. Uh, You don't necessarily have. And the beautiful thing about um, podcasts, or um, television shows, radio shows, any type of medium or any any medium of information, right, is that you don't have to keep it to yourself. You can share the medium, by all means, share the podcast, tell your friends, or you can just share the conversation, just continue the conversation someplace else, right? Millions of times I reference back to the godforsaken Vampire Diaries, which I really want to be over right now or whatever other series I'm watching or a million different experiences and things that I pull from. And it's not that I'm necessarily telling you to watch this show, but I'm sharing with you the conversation that um, I guess was, I don't want to say born. In the essence of time, in the essence of time, just it was the conversation that was born from the experience, whether it be a viewing, a listening or whatever. You can have the conversation outside of the medium. And essentially, that's what I, I hope um, traveling shit is able to do for you guys. So because I like talking, I could sit here and just talk about random shit all the time. That's my personal gift. I just hope it's useful. For somebody, because I just like doing it. That's something I find um, kind of, I don't want to say awkward, but yeah, awkward. People are like, well, what's your why? Like, why do you do this? Because I want to, period. I just, it's kind of like, I like to hear myself talk. I've always hated the sound my voice made recorded. Like, I hate the way my voice sounds. Um, Like, I used to hate having to leave my voice on the voicemail. I don't even have voicemail on my phone now. But I say all that to say, I don't really do this for like a greater good. It's purely selfish reasons. I'm sorry if you felt like I was a better person than that. I'm sorry if you, no, I'm not sorry. Um, It's cute if you guys take something from it. It's just a 
perfect benefit to me. I do this because I like to create things. I like making things. And this is a fun, consistent way for me to tap into my personal creativity. And I like that I get to get other people's reactions from that. So let a nigga know if you like the episode. Let me know if you like the show. Um, some of you guys have been DMing me and some of you, one of you left a really, really nice um, review on iTunes. Appreciate you, sis. Or bro, not sure. Appreciate you, fam. So um, I absolutely welcome you to rate and review uh, the, the show on whatever platform that you listen to. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, like, comment, share, subscribe, all that shit. Uh, ultimately, because like I said, I don't like my full time. So if I can make bank from doing this, appreciate y'all. I will. At some point, but I'd like it to happen faster. So, you know, you know, it helps with that traffic audience. That's where y'all come in. So appreciate you guys. If you um, share, subscribe and all that other kind of shit, just because I would love to be able to do this full time. Who doesn't want to do what brings them joy? Professionally to be able to make money from it. Right. So. Thanks for listening. Glad y'all here. Follow me on Instagram at underscore D carry, which is the letter D C A R R I E or um, the podcast, which is travel and shit. T R A V E L the letter N S H underscore T. Um, this I have a, there's a travel and shit on Facebook. It's just, I think it's just travel and shit podcast on Facebook. If you feel so inclined I don't do the Twitters. I don't do Pinterest. I don't do Snapchat. What else is there? I think that's it. So, um, oh yeah, and YouTube is just travel and shit. I think it's travel and shit podcast. If you can't find it at travel and shit, it's going to be travel and shit podcast. It's as similar as I could find it on all platforms. And um, that's it, guys. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate the new listeners. I appreciate the old listeners. And, um, yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Fucking, I see, this is my favorite one, but it just always gets in the way.